It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Florida State Seminoles came out on top against the Miami Hurricanes, and the big plays are the reason why. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into another episode of Locked On Seminoles. I am your host, Brian Smith. We're going to talk Canes and Knowles and the victory for Jordan Travis and the Garnet and Gold here in just a second. This show is brought to you by Game Time. Make sure you check out the Game Time app. It is one of my favorites. I was just on it a little bit ago. Game Time, it gives you an opportunity to see the tickets right there on the screen where I'm your app. Know where you're coming from. Game Time is a great app to check out. Make sure you do so. Also, today's show, this is a big deal. You know, you beat your rival and you're happy and everything else. But we're going to just talk about why it happened. It wasn't based on consistency, and I will get into that in the second segment. But this is the key. Big plays. Florida State historically has been a big play team. And yesterday's game was a big part of that as well. The tradition under Bobby Bowden and his offense, as I've talked about many times here, the fast break offense, finding a way to hit big plays and just absolutely truncated defense if they came up. They throw over their heads. They found a way to come up with a reverse, a screen, et cetera. Yesterday, Florida State kind of reached into that bag of tricks as well, hitting some shot plays, but not in the sense of just completely over the top. But we're going to get into more numbers right now. Here's the passing situation for Florida State yesterday. Very consistent in the mid-range, which is ironic, but Florida State speed took advantage too. Three passing plays of 16 yards. They had a 17 and 18. Johnny had a 21 and a 26. And then Ja'Kai, of course, had the 62-yarder. Cam Kinchins got out of, got out of sorts. And Ja'Kai Douglas showed you once again, he's not just a gadget player. You give him an inch, he'll take a mile. So Florida State did that, and that was a key. But there are two other plays in the game that I want to bring up that honestly, in my opinion, were just as big as even the Jakai 62-yarder. Those plays are the punt return by Keon. That's an obvious one. I'm not exactly, quote-unquote, digging deep. But also the 38-yard run by Trey Benson. I want to talk a bunch about the Florida State run game in segment two and hint it will not be positive. If you need all sunshine and rainbows, Turn off this pod before uh, we get into that that area of the podcast because it shall not be friendly. But that being the case, that shows you resiliency. Sometimes you have to win your clunkers is an old saying in sport. Miami coming in there and playing better than what I thought, for sure, and probably what most people sitting inside of Dope Campbell Stadium believed, that probably caught FSU a little off guard. But the big play saved them. It was the key to victory. Without that, where would Florida State have been? Because, fact, Miami had 335 yards to Florida State's 322. Yes, with a true freshman quarterback, Miami had more yards than Florida State. Where would Florida State have been 
without Keon's punt return? Where would they have been without Jakai's 62-yarder? Trey Benson hitting the 38-yarder. They only had 57 yards rushing. And I know Miami had a couple sacks to take off that total, but without the big plays, Florida State gets an L yesterday. Flat out, no ifs, no ends, no buts. They would have taken an L. This is why I talk so often about hitting 20-plus yard plays, and I extend it a little here, three plays of 16, a 17, and an 18. Those were those were key. I mean, I can look at the rushing stats too, but oof, there's not much to get excited about there. I can, I can assure you of that. I'll make sure I didn't miss anything besides the 38-yarder for Florida State, but I mean – it's it's pretty sad that Florida State did. They had a 17-yard run as well for Trey up the middle. So that that's pretty bad. They had 57 yards rushing and 55 of it was on two plays. So the passing game and the keys there with just really good execution. I'm all, I'm all for it. And I know I will speak for Mike Norvell. He's in he's in favor as well. Save the Knowles. So why is it that Florida State did that? Why was it they just hit the big plays and they weren't consistent? Well, first off, you got to tip your cap to Miami's front. They outworked Florida State. And again, I'll get into that here just a little bit in more detail. But Florida State also nickel and dimed them enough that they found what they needed. They were only, I mean, this is pretty paltry, and both teams were terrible on third down. Florida State was three at 12, so they had to hit those big plays. They were clutch. Clutch is more than about anything else that you can need to be to get to the top. Just make the play when it really matters. And that's what Florida State did. They also found <laughs> found something else. They hit some big plays, and their average yards per completion was outstanding, to, to put it mildly. For Miami, it was even better. We'll talk about that a little bit here in a minute too. But for the game, Florida State, they threw for 265 yards, which is a pretty darn good, good number against a, a quality Miami defense, especially with that pass rush. But you look at the passing yards, and Jordan Travis's passing rate was 143.7. It's not great by any means. I will give you, I will give you that. But at the same time, I mean, he's going up against a team that was just making him move all over the place. It could have been a lot worse. I give Jordan Travis an immense amount of, of credit because some of the best big plays were him throwing it out of bounds or just scrambling for a couple yards or what have you. As goofy as that sounds, um, they averaged 13.9 yards per completion. So when he did get time or had a chance to make it happen, not only did he get the ball to the guys that could do something with it, they made plays, man. They made plays. So coming up on the other side, we're going to talk about the not so happy when they weren't big plays. And Florida State, again, they won the games, and you're always happy to beat your rival. But I'm looking at things from a big picture perspective next. Is this performance, especially the lack thereof for the rushing attack and the injury front that I'm going to talk about, we're going to talk injuries coming up here in a second, is that going to derail Florida State possibly before the end of the season? You never know. And once they get to the college football playoff, that that is the main thing to talk about coming up here in just a second. So with that being said, Game time is not derailed. If you're going to get a ticket to a game this year, or if you're going to take your wife to a concert, etc., check out the Game Time app. 
You can download it and navigate it very easily. I was just on it a minute ago, checking out ticket prices for Florida State at Florida. There are tickets for $150 to $180 range. They're pretty good. It's not that difficult to check them out either. You can click on the seat. You can see where you're sitting at and have an idea what that view is going to be like in the stadium. You can also find different things like flash deals and last second ticket opportunities that go right to the end, right before game time. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time, download the game time app, create an account, use code locked on college for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again, create an account and redeem L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16 car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Now, again, as I noted a few moments ago, if you do not like negativity, you're probably not going to like this segment. But I tell it like it is. Florida State won, and that's the number one thing, not denying it. How they won was impressive because they played a quality defense, and they scored enough, and their defense made critical plays like at the end, intercepting the Van Dyke pass. Tremendous. That's the good news from this. The bad news is this. There, there are two segments. I'm going to save the worst for last just to kind of build up to it. But overall, they ran for 57 yards, and even the sack, quote-unquote, adjusted total, and they do this because in college football, I know I've said this before in this show, they take your sacks totals and they draw from it away from the rushing numbers, which makes no sense to me. It should be from the passing, but whatever. Florida State had 96 yards rushing if you get rid of the sack numbers, but it was 57 if you didn't. So anyway, Florida State had some problems up front, and I'm being kind. The offensive line, Moe's banged up, and I think a few other guys, I want to leave it at that, I think some other guys are just from watching. I watch a lot of line play during games. I was not happy. Miami ate their lunch for a lot of the game. They flat out ate their lunch for a lot of the game. That is not a college football top four offensive line the way they're playing. It's not even close. It's not in the stratosphere. If they want to get to the playoffs with the path, and I'll talk about that here in about five minutes, they should be able to. But if they play anywhere near the way they did against Miami, against any of Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, Oregon, they will get walloped in the college football playoff. It'd be one and done. And I mean walloped. That was horrific. Jordan Travis was running for his freaking life. And a lot of it was based on this. I was going through the second quarter, going back and through the plays. By the way, they had one total yard in the second quarter as an offense. One freaking yard. Official stat. No lie, no ifs, no ands, no buts. One freaking yard. That's embarrassing. Miami, with a true freshman in the second quarter, had over 100. Florida State's defense wasn't horrible, and Miami obviously gives out scholarships too, but the defense was on the field the whole freaking second quarter because Florida State, as an offense, was 
a catastrophe in that quarter. Number one, the player, we'll get to the players in a second. That's on Norvell and his staff. I have praised them all year. I think he's a very good play caller, etc. He was awful in the first half by and large, but especially that second quarter. One freaking yard. I don't care if you're playing the Dallas Cowboys. Here's the other part of that. Keon Coleman didn't have a catch in the first half. And Miami didn't start one of their corners. Daryl Porter, he didn't even play. The other corner barely played. And the guys they had in were a true freshman and a kid that had barely played at all. And Jadis Richard. Jadis Richard. I mean, it's just, are you kidding me? Part of that's on Keon, too. He's got to make more plays. But they were completely out of sync. Now let's talk about the play caller. Did you notice in the third quarter, right off the bat, they threw it to Keon on a real basic route? Why wouldn't you do something like that in the first half? Why not? Doesn't make sense to me. I think that Florida State kind of got ahead of themselves thinking they were just going to run the ball into the teeth of the Miami defense. I was going through the play chart. Too many first down runs were two yards or less, if not negatives, especially in that second quarter. Again, one freaking yard. So here's some of the numbers. Miami, meanwhile, as they got their legs under them and Florida State kept going off the field quickly, 14 carries for 88 yards. They completely gashed FSU's defense. Four out of seven for 47 yards passing. While, again, Miami had negative 16 yards rushing and 17 yards passing. That is the definition of awkward. You're a top 10 team conservatively on a bad day most of the time. But that quarter, I mean, you weren't a top 100 team. It's How does that happen? Like, Because then in the third quarter, they woke up and they played pretty darn well. It's just bizarre to me. And I know that are college kids and they're, they're learning and all this. And the coaching staff, they're human too. But that is really devastating to see. And it's game 10 of the season. If you're going to the playoff, and that's been the only barometer we've judged this by on this podcast, and quite frankly, from reading Twitter and looking at Instagram and everything else, Facebook, Knowles fans expect to make the college football playoff and do something. How in the world are you going to do that? So let's talk about the rushing statistics overall. Before we move on, but if you look at Florida State just in general, the horrific second quarter aside, let's talk about the third quarter. This is why I I was very surprised, and I, I didn't, I don't know what happened, but they had 22 rushing yards in the third quarter, five carries, 4.4. If you average that throughout the game and you have even a decent Second quarter, this game's two or three touchdowns because then you would open up more opportunities for Keon, for Johnny, for Jaheim, for maybe a swing pass to Tofili, whatever it may be. But they, the timing with the play calling and quite honestly, execution, again, I'm in favor of it. They didn't have enough in the second quarter was terrible. But then the third quarter, they were they were quite good. And in the third quarter, they had 160 yards 138 of it was in the air. I mean, they just killed them. So Florida State turns it on like that, turns it off. It's very confusing. Fourth quarter summary. The Knowles only had 
again, they, they reverted and part of it, they were, they were playing somewhat not to lose. And this again is part player, part coach total yards, Miami, 128, Florida state 36. Are you freaking kidding me? 10 rushes, 14 yards. That is garbage. You got your teeth kicked in by Miami's front in the fourth quarter. You just did. You got your teeth kicked in. Um, three out of six. Did have the touchdown. It was a nice ball, too. Keon made a nice ball and caught a nice ball, and that's great. But you just didn't make anything happen, though, otherwise. You're, you're lucky you're de- the defense rose up. Miami was one out of six on third downs in the fourth quarter. That is awful. But Florida State was 0 for 3. It's just incredible. They averaged 2.3 yards per play. Again, all of this starts with the run game. Everybody knows, especially based on the pit game, that Florida State can throw the football and they can hit big plays. That's why I talked about it early on. If you're going to develop into a legitimate college football playoff contender, which right now they are not. I don't care what anybody says based on this. You have to change your run game, but it's game 10. Can you? Somebody wants to comment on that? Have at it. But getting your teeth kicked in in the second and the fourth quarters where you just completely play terrible, I mean, in the run game, I I don't know. Is it possible? They had negative two yards between the second and fourth quarters rushing. That, that is that is really, really hard. So with that being stated, one last thing before we get into the, the final final bit, talking about the schedule, because they should go undefeated. And, and Florida, by the way, I'm going to make fun of Florida in the next segment. If you want something fun, I'm going to make fun of Florida in the next segment because we're going to talk about the last two games. North Alabama, they're going to kill them. Then the Gators, I'm going to talk about those two teams a little bit. Please note that health is a big part of all these teams. It's obvious that Smith's not healthy to center. And I'm pretty sure, and I know I mentioned this a few minutes ago, Florida State's not very healthy up front. So I'm not trying to pick on them, but if you're playing and you're not getting it done and you're banged up, you need to tell them. Somebody's got to do something. Either the coach got to take you out, you got to take – they didn't look normal to me. Maybe I'm wrong, but they just didn't move as well as they should have. And I know it's the end of the year, everybody's banged up. Florida State just didn't look right to me in the run game. Comment as you will on that, but that's that's just how I see it. So what is right is LinkedIn jobs. These days, every potential new hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team and faster for free. Here's an example as it relates to Florida State, they've got to go through and get a lot of different people at that institution in line to be around young people. They're going to use the tools they need to not only get people that are qualified, but elite. And they don't exactly have a lot of time to do it when they're in the middle of a semester, a professor leaves, somebody that's in any particular area of the institution, but especially in academia, they have to be able to get to the candidates right away. LinkedIn on that app, I mean, I've been a part of the LinkedIn app forever, you can get to about anything you want quickly. You can post your job for free and do it quickly with the screening questions you need to get the candidates for your job. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com 
slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. The NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait, find locked on college basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the locked on podcast network. Your team every day. Now, the final part of this podcast. This should be easy, right? North Alabama, they're going to kill because it's North Alabama. No offense to them. They have no shot. But do you get better and do you cure some of the things I just talked about and ranted and raved about in the last, say, 10 minutes or so? That's a big question for me. You have to show consistency and not totals, but how you did it. It's going to be about the eye test against North Alabama before you play a Gators team. And I'm going to go off on them because I, I scouted them a little bit last night. That was hard to watch their defense because they are horrendous. But before we get to that and talk about the Gators, how well do you think, and I, I'd love some people to comment on this via the YouTube app, what's the deal, man? Are they going to come out the offensive line and play better, give Jordan a little more time, and B, are they going to have an opportunity to run the ball in first down better? Not just because they have more talent than North Alabama. I know they're going to run and gain some more yards, but are they going to be crisp? Are they going to show some diversity? And quite frankly, are they just going to push them around? That's what I want to know. North Alabama, I didn't study one second. Not one, and I shall never study a team like that because Florida State should hammer them. If I have to study those teams, we're doing something wrong here, and this podcast probably isn't going to make it. Uh, you have to beat North Alabama. After that, I mean, we'll obviously analyze the Florida game to death next week, but this week I'm still going to break it in a little bit, and this is my initial thought on the Gators. Take this as you will. Their run defense and their secondary in particular, there's a disconnect. I've watched them a couple of times. I'm a, I'm a regular on Brandon Olson's Locked On Gators show as I do some of their recruiting stuff for the Locked On Network all over. I, I do recruiting segments for all the different shows because I cover recruiting so much. And he even said that the DBs, he told me they'd struggled. So I paid attention to Florida's defensive back scenario. Holy crap. They just don't get it. They don't tackle as well as they should. They'll make a great play but then they'll just be completely out of sorts. There was a play where a guy got turned around on a basic slant route. They just looked awkward. Now, Florida State just let Miami off the hook. I mean, just flat out. Again, they had a freshman out there a lot of the game, and they had a guy that was a redshirt freshman that had barely played, and Keon Coleman didn't catch a pass during the first half of the Miami game. Fact. Now, I know North Alabama's first, but I'm not going to study North Alabama. You might as well consider everything that we do from this point until Florida State goes to Florida as Florida week. I'm sorry, I'm not covering North Alabama. They should hammer a secondary for Florida that right now does not look to have its sea legs at all, looks uncomfortable and unsure, and I'm being kind. I don't know what the deal is, and I know LSU's got deep, got deep threats all over. They got three, four guys that are going to play in the NFL. They got talent at wide receiver. Fantastic. No doubt about it. They got a ton of talent, but they were running scot-free a lot of the time, and there was some busts as well. Florida didn't tackle well. This is your opportunity. 
That's my Florida preview because there's no excuse for Florida State not to be able to run the ball at least a little bit against Florida. They don't have the same kind of run front that Miami does, not, not based on my eye test. Miami has more talent. Florida's decent, but that's okay. Florida State should this time not screw around, though, and hit a couple of big plays in addition to running the ball a little better, and they should score in the 30s against the Gators. 38, I think, is a, is a safe number. That's not a great that's not a great defense, and I'm being kind. LSU just dropped 52 on them, and I get it that Jaden Daniels right now is probably playing better than anybody in college football, but Jordan Travis is still pretty darn good too. And this Florida State team has a ton of weapons, just like LSU. Let's see what the Knowles can do when we get there because there's no reason to think they're not going to be able to put up some points. By the way, Florida's offense is a lot better than people think. The quarterback situation is far out exceeded what I expected out of them this year, and they're at least decent. Anytime Florida State goes against Florida, anyway, you're going to get the best shot from the other team. But if you screw around and have turnovers, they're a decent football team. They can give you problems. And that game might be for whether or not Florida goes to a bowl game. They got to get there. And right now they're sitting at five wins. Yeah, they'd love to not only knock Florida State off, but to go to a bowl game by beating the Florida State Summit. It's possible that Florida goes into that situation. But we'll talk more about that very soon. For now, I thank you very much. Please hit that like button, hit that notification bell, and share this podcast. And check it out wherever you get your podcasts for free and on YouTube, part of the awesome Locked On Network, your team every day. Everybody have a great one. Take care. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.